Hello and welcome back to Stonework, a Bible podcast from Three Chopped Church here in Richmond, Virginia. I'm your host, Reverend Christopher Tweel, the pastor and head of staff here at the church. Every episode, we will look at foundational principles that guide our lives of faith and that guide our lives as students of Jesus Christ. If you are new to the podcast or want to know more, find us at threechoppedchurch.org. This week on Stonework, we will be continuing our Book of Mark conversation with Pastor David Wall. This week, we'll look at chapters 1 through chapters 8 up to verse 26. This makes up the first act of Mark, in which we'll look at the question about who is Jesus. In the following weeks, we'll look at the second and third acts of the book of Mark, finishing out our time together. Hey. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for coming back. Um, <laughs> we're talking more about Mark. Who? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're back here in the book of Mark. And I think this week we were talking about, uh, I know we just, we just, we just called each other <laughs> and uh, talking about looking at the next act of Mark. Um, I think we talked a little bit about how Mark is kind of divided up into three, three separate acts. Um, and we, we were talking, I you know, just a minute ago about how this is, this is a big chunk. These are big chunks. You know, this is chapter one through chapter eight, like up to verse 27. All right. Um, so these, these are big chunks, but the main question that Mark is asking or answering in this section is kind of who is Jesus? Mm, yep. And uh, so what did you, uh, what were you, you were talking about the opening at the, just a minute ago? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, so like last week we did a little summary talking about just kind of Mark in general, but Mark, Mark doesn't waste any time. Like Mark jumps right in. And Jesus just shows up yeah. as he does in the narrative. It just says, one day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee. Yeah. And I love how it just kind of throws you in there. It's like, wait, wait, who is Jesus? One day. Yeah, where did he come from? But he just throws you right in. And uh, we talked about how that happened last week. And, then, and it goes, like, if you want to know who Jesus is, I think it's fun to see how he starts. He starts with his baptism, starts with the heavens opening, hearing that he is the dearly beloved son of God. And yet, even though he's beloved, and even though Jesus brings God a lot of joy, he, the spirit then sends Jesus into the wilderness, which is kind of funny. It's like, you are my dearly loved son. Now go into the wilderness. Like, right. It's kind of a go, reaction, you know. Go experience the deceiver. Go experience <laughs> the adversary. <laughs> right. <laughs> Imagine telling your daughter, being like, I love you so much. Have yeah. fun in this alleyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, I think it's interesting. I think it's purposeful that Mark does that. Um, you know, it starts out the first words of Mark, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. We talked last week a little bit about how those are some bold statements and some bold claims. Yeah. But it starts out with John 
who is being the messenger for God. Right. He's talking about the Lord, and there's a lot of quotes from Isaiah and Malachi. Sure. And so it's it's interesting, you know, Mark does this thing where he's like, okay, well, here's a guy talking about God, and when you're and, and talking about God showing up. And then when we expect God to show up, that's when Jesus comes. Mm-hmm. And, and then we have that, that revelation. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, Mark doesn't pull his punches. He's not, he's, he's letting us know from the get go, who is Jesus? He's the right. God. And this is how, you know, by what he right. does. And that's what sets it into motion. Uh, yeah. Which is great for me. I, I just, it shows these, these eight chapters shows Jesus has complete control over the physical and the, you know, our emotional worlds. That's what I think in these eight chapters. Um, so here's a question. Uh, and I just, I kind of wanted to go back to the, the whole wilderness thing. You know, we want to emulate our lives after Christ. We want to be followers of Christ and we welcome new believers into the church or, you know, we recommit ourselves or, you know, however we're, However, we're kind of having that moment where we're connected with God and God says, like, yes, you're my servant in life. Uh, no matter what you're doing, with whether you're a banker, a teacher, or a pastor, or a preacher, or whatever, um, all being called into something. And we don't really have that sense. Or I think that what I'm saying is I think that it exists where we're called into God's bosom. You know, we're called into that relationship with God. And then we really do go out into the wilderness. But I think we're not totally honest with people when they come through the church, you know, like when they come to the church and they're like, oh, baptized or adult baptisms or profession of faith or joining the church or whatever. We don't then sit down and be like, "Okay, now, for real, you're going into the wilderness. Right. Do you know what you're (laughs) signing up for? This is not the Elks Club. Like this is you're you're going into battle um, or at least you're going into a. A, a dangerous place. Yeah. You know, Jesus isn't sent into the calming countryside. Um, but I think, I mean, I, my, my hope is that, you know, again, I work with youth um, um, in youth ministry and I feel like kids are more resilient to this message. I don't know if this is a conversation, but mm. I feel like it's easier to give this message to kids from the get go mm. than to reeducate believers who didn't get this from the get-go does that make sense like yeah interesting i have i have no problem telling kids you know in our youth ministry like hey yeah this is the life you were meant for this was the life you were made for but it's not necessarily going to be happy and great all the time right you've got to do you know i always go to ephesians 2 10 is my favorite verse and it's you know you were created in christ jesus you're the handiwork of god made for work that he set up for him for you to do mm-hmm. and i feel like that's why, again, I love this opening because Jesus fully understands this. He's like, all right, baptism, and then I'm going to go do this work that God set up for me. No more waiting. It's time to get to work. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's not a it's not a hold-off period. It's not let's have a, a siesta. No, it's right. okay, time to go. I think, yeah, I think we shy away from – I think we either shy away from work as adults because – well, for a lot of reasons, but my, my, my perception is maybe that it, we shy away from it because we're already overloaded, you know, because things are already going on in life. And we imagine that the work of Christ, that work that you're talking about, is like another another load to be carried. Wow. When it's fact, another addition. Yeah. Much already. 
Right. But I don't think it actually manifests that way. I think that's our fear. And I think that I think it can manifest that way. But I think in the in the best of times, most most driven form, it is something that is just brushing your teeth or like muscle muscle memory. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. it's funny. I was talking to my daughter uh, today about muscle memory, and we were talking about she's she's starting to take piano lessons, and we were talking about muscle memory this morning about how it's little it's little things throughout the day. You know, that's how you train your muscle memory. Keep doing it a little bit at a time. You do simple things throughout the day and slowly you build up, but you keep at it. And so I think that's maybe the perception with adults, maybe more than students and and kids, because students and kids, they're kind of in that frame of life. They're like, I have to learn everything. (laughs) I'm still learning how to be alive. And if you tell me that this is part of how to be alive, then okay, I'm going to blend that into what I'm doing adults as we come at it, we're more like, I've already got my life down. Right. I add more to it. But it's these little motions of muscle memory. And as we add a little bit more, a little bit more, then we just get better at it. And pretty soon, you know, we can sit down and play Chopin and it's not a big deal. You know, it's still, it still costs us something, but it's not, it's not as, as big as maybe we thought it was at the beginning when we tried to shy away from it or, 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 or have reservations about it. You know, I, I think that there's a correlation between people who have jobs they enjoy and willingness to be part of the church and people who work grueling jobs that they have to work um, and not really being all that excited to be part of the church. Like, I feel like your understanding of work in general comes into this as well. Like, like if you, you know, I think of people who work, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, physical jobs, and you talk to them, they're like, the last thing I want to do is add something because they don't see work as life giving. It's, it's an essential component to live life. Yeah. And then I think of a lot of people who are active in church. A lot of times it's people who are in jobs they enjoy. And even though they're busy, they see this as an outlet for something to do i mean they don't shy away from more work because work's not something that they hate in the first place um yeah yeah i think yeah i think you're right i think there's probably like a work sabbath relationship component that definitely also is affecting that yeah yeah i just think it's interesting that when we have we have other christians coming into the church or you know we don't don't always tell them especially as adults i guess like you're saying like more more with students i guess we do this because we say like hey and and we can imagine like school is going to be hard or different um but we i don't know if we put that same uh i don't know if we put that same thing on adults like you know when, when a kid when a kid becomes a christian in high school or junior high we tell them like hey you know we, you know, they're going to invite you to parties or they're going to ask you to do this or you're going to see this at school and it's going to be hard to adhere to uh, God's kingdom. But we don't tell adults that. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, when you go back to the bank or when you go back to the law firm or, or whatever, you know, um, it, it's going to be hard. <laughs> right. Because you're going right. to, you know. And I think it's fun to look again. You go, I'm going to go back to the market. What is the first disciples of these first followers? He's like, yeah, pretty vague. Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Okay. It, I mean, I feel like there had to have been some more conversation there because it just says, this is, you know, chapter one, verse 18, it says, and they left their nets at once and followed him. Like, right. I would need a little more explanation, but sometimes that's about all we give people. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, yeah well, he follows that with all these stories too. In in the first act, when we're learning like who is Jesus in this first act of Mark, there's all these stories that I think carry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like in the moment, there had to be more conversation. Maybe for Mark, the more conversation is the stories that are that are that are following, or are the stories that are following? Is that right? Is the stories are the stories? <laughs> um, the stories but, are. Yeah, that's that's that that's the extra words that, that we're right. getting. Um, this is what it looks like, my friends. Yeah, we have these crazy power stories in Mark. They're so they're so nuts. I love them. You know, there's healing on the Sabbath. Crowds are following Jesus, um, and then he does some parables, and then we have the demon possessed man in chapter five. Oh yes, the Gerasenian demoniac. Yeah. <laughs> which i actually i have to I, this isn't a plug but i i guess it is maybe i don't, I don't know if i'm even allowed to do this but just in for, for the world of sci-fi readers out there there's a fun book called legion and it's about this guy who has multiple personalities and he's a detective so it's real. i just read it which is funny you know so i just finished it um, yeah. legion in a different context but <laughs> but yeah this is i think we talked about this last time like this is a crazy story yeah. um, it's i mean this is my favorite this is the story i like jobs that i have gone to where they wanted me to teach um a lesson like i give a small little example of my teaching i i almost always go to mark five and you i mean because i mean it's got everything you've got jesus he's going there he's there's demons there's pigs that fly into the water i mean they don't fly he sends them in um but again and then you have this transformation of this human who starts out uh, the the, story is great i mean it's worth looking at i mean you have somebody who spends day and night and isolation, cutting himself. So you have self-harm, you have isolation, you know depression is part of this because he's sitting there all by himself in the burial caves. Yeah. That's his life before Jesus comes. Yeah. And then what happens? His entire life changes in this interaction. I think that's a pretty striking visual image too. He did, yeah. But he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. People were like, we've got to control this person. We have to isolate this person. This person needs to be separated from us. And then Jesus comes in. Yeah. And there's, there's, a, there's a component. There are some other components in that story that are fascinating, too. I think one is that Jesus goes across the lake into a region that's not uh, necessarily. That's a yeah, it's a, yeah. So it's not necessarily the Jewish people. So this is Jesus striking out for all people in a way, yeah. uh, which is again, why they have pigs. Some people are like, why do they have pigs? I thought they weren't allowed to eat pigs. Who has pigs? Gentiles. And the other thing is that this pig connection, 2000 pigs yeah. were drowned. This is, so this is Jesus entering into the realm. This is when people say Jesus isn't political and these other things. Jesus is making a political statement. You know, Jesus is all power. If we accept Jesus is all powerful, Jesus could have done anything. He could have sent the demons into the butterflies that were around. You know, he could have just sent them into the ground. He could have sent them into the... This is an action that is meant to push up against commerce and commodity in this moment, right? Right. So, I mean, we don't have to we don't have to try to encapsulate. I mean, you know, we're doing the big overview here. We don't have to encapsulate everything that this means, but I just think those, those points are interesting 
in the overview of it that you know jesus is making political statements throughout this he's making theological statements and those two things were not mutually exclusive for the people of mark's time it was all the same thing yeah yeah absolutely yeah there is an obvious price that jesus says that humans are worth more than yeah two thousand eggs who cares this man's life has been given back to him right has been changed forever yeah but what do the people say hey you just killed all my pigs right you need to leave right <laughs> right i mean right? yeah 16 it says and they were told about what happened to the demon possessed man and told about the pigs as well <laughs> yeah, right, right. again to tell jesus to leave <laughs> i know we, we spent some time on this but then my favorite part is the end though because here's this guy who probably has nothing, right? He's been in the burial caves, you know, beating himself up, demon possessed, and he wants to follow Jesus. And Jesus yeah. says, no, you've got work to do. You need to go home. Yeah. Family. And then we will hear of these 10 towns again, and they greet Jesus much differently when he comes back because of the right. man. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, that's an, that's an epic, epic part that I think gets sublimated a lot in the, in the, total yeah mark yeah Yeah. it's it's not like this is the town where all those pigs died no it is yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's a contextual clue that we miss just because you know people that live there mark's contemporaries they knew where all these towns were they're like oh yeah right yeah that's all the same yeah 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 no that's great great stories excuse me Um, (laughs) what about the parables yeah i'm not gonna lie some of them, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> well, you're in, you're in good company with the disciples. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know either. Uh, I always wonder, like, we talk about, sorry, <clears throat> we talk about, you know, the, the scripture's a living word, and it, it, it remains relevant. Um, but I wonder if, if, if it is difficult for modern readers sometimes to get as much out of these stories as, as the people who read them the first time. Like these are first century parables. Right. Um, and so sometimes I do think it's, it's interesting now, you know, the, the disciples didn't get them then either, but now it's like, we're too, uh, we're, we're separated by two la- layers of, of, of difficulty, right? Like not only yeah. a parable, but it's also 2000 years old. Um, right. Right. The disciples didn't understand them the first time they heard them. What hope do we have? And I think, you know, there's a plug for church. <laughs> That's really what Where did we go to get understanding? Where did we go? Where could we possibly go? Yeah, that's one of the big things for church and for uh, Bible study, like like continual Bible study, not just like, well, I did one study on, on the parables for three months no, you got to do that three, four, five, six, seven, eight times in your life. Yeah. Keep going back to it. Keep, you know, talking to your leaders about it because they're, they're difficult. They were difficult then. Right. And much more difficult just even to understand the context of, you know, mustard seed. Like, what is the, mu- why were you talking about condiments? Right. And different kinds of soils. Right. The soils are really, are really interesting to me just because of that line where he says that the, the secret of the kingdom has been given to you and yeah. there are going to be people who hear but don't understand yeah i mean jesus says that yeah 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 
Um, so it's up to us to kind of keep in it, to, to keep returning to it, to keep going back to it. And if we think we understand it at some point in our life, I think to accept that we need to go back to it and to continue to go back to it. Even if we think we have it, uh, there's, there's more that could change about the meaning of the parable as the spirit guides us through it and how our lives change. Our lives are continually changing. So, Oh, absolutely. And, and you know what I love too in all of this is it shows that this is a community effort. Jesus never just pulls one disciple aside and says, hey, this yeah. parable. Jesus says to them, Jesus asks them, he talked to them. Like it's always them. It's always a plural situation. The crowds gather. And um, I was, I was um, watching a podcast, uh, not a podcast, a, a YouTube show where uh, a Protestant goes to different Protestant um, churches and he went to an Orthodox church. And it was so great because the Orthodox minister was obviously coming from a much different historical perspective, much different theological perspective. And he was talking about scripture and he's like, ah, oh, evangelicals, they're always talking about scripture, scripture, scripture. You didn't even have scripture for 1500 years. You know what you had? You had the stories. You had people coming together and knowing and talking and remembering and having a conversation, you know, coming to church. Like there is something obviously to be said for personal Bible study. Like it's changed my life, but it's not good enough. You have to do this in community. Like yeah. Jesus. That's good. I like that. 1500 years, there was no scripture. <laughs> so for 1500 years, did everyone negate their personal study yeah. like they couldn't do it. it was god being like oh f minus for all of you people it's like jesus we don't know how to read and if we did we have no books <laughs> right yeah with stories letters being right. read stories being and coming to and coming to church and and seeing the icons listening to and that kind of reveals the importance of the you know if you talk about this apocalyptic literature and revelation sure. is also apocalyptic book the 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 witness the meaning of witness of being a witness and witnessing to christ and witnessing to the kingdom is so important and that's you know one of the biggest points of revelation well that's why because yeah. your witness was the main entry point for other people to understand who jesus was and for an exchange of the gospel to happen and all of those things yeah absolutely yeah no sorry you just <laughs> turned my alexa on somehow i'm sorry <laughs> lectionary <laughs> she's like i don't have any opinions on this um yeah absolutely and again i think that's what's i mean it's fun to see the story of mark in his first it is it is a story of yes jesus the man but it's also jesus building this community uh, of people that are going to follow him and then eventually be the be the foundation upon which he builds his, his new kingdom um it's not a solo experience um, I think, yeah, I think that's what we're, we're seeing now. I, the, we would be, I know podcasts exist for all time, but we would be remiss if we didn't uh, mention things that have been happening this past weekend. Um, here we are at the beginning of July, uh, end of June. May. And, uh, and oh, beginning of June, what, what comes after May? Is it June that comes after May? <laughs> I can never remember what number month it is. Like, so, okay, good. Sick beginning yeah beginning of june end of may um you know we have a lot of churches and a lot of folks really that i see asking you know what can what can we do we we hear we feel this need we feel this cry we hear this we see that there is this injustice 
you know, kind of, kind of bubbling and, and there's all these different kinds of reactions for it. And churches are asking, you know, what can, what can we do? And I think, yeah, that's one of the lessons from Mark is that this is a communal thing. This, this definitely is a communal thing and it's an expanding communal thing. You know, Jesus is constantly expanding the community he feeds, you know, thousands of people. You know, he calls a few, he calls some of um, John's disciples and there are, are, are some people, he heals a couple people and then there are thousands being fed. There are thousands being preached to, you know, it's, it's a, a building, a building movement. Yeah. And it's, and it's a movement. Again, this is a, this is an itinerant Jewish carpenter, you know, teacher, you know, but, and that's, and, and that's what it starts with. And yet that's not what it is today. Like, I, I, like, what should we do? We should do what we've done well since the beginning, which is this message is not about division. It's not about boundaries. It's not about, um, not about a solo experience. It's about, building a community um that is diverse i mean i i, I love that this past week you know it was a horrible weekend um with the riots and all that but it was also pentecost and uh we, we talked about this at church about how when the holy spirit came into these people these people that we see kind of like this is the prequel for the book of acts right we see peter and john and, and simon all kind of struggling through this but then you you get to pentecost um, this, this day when the Holy Spirit comes into the believers um, and, and they start speaking, not in one voice. You know, I, it, it would have been interesting maybe if the Holy Spirit came and spoke in a voice that was the same for everyone, but they could all understand it. But that's not what the Holy Spirit did. He said, no, you guys are different and you are coming from different places and we don't want to lose that. That's the brilliance of, of, the, of Pentecost is that they all heard the message, but they heard it in their own tongue. So sameness and um, what is the word? Uh, all, you know, just, yeah, sameness is not what we're going for. It's diversity. That's what the kingdom of God looks like. Right. The first act of the spirit is to prove that there is a, going to be a body. Um, yeah. And I think we, yeah. And and also got an acknowledgement of how are we how are if if we if the church wants to ask what can we do what what should we be doing how are we not speaking yeah. in the language of that yeah. person that we're that we're talking to how yeah. are we not yeah. listening you know how are we like these disciples that don't get it who have heard the stories over and over who have seen the news over and over and how are we still mm. not getting it what still goes yeah. unheard that we find a new language for that we need to speak a new language for this where there's grace because again the 12 they missed it the whole time but then they got it and so grace but then there's also okay it's time to get to work which means you guys have to you gotta get it you gotta get on you gotta get on the bus now um and that, and that means listen so i guess like thinking about what should we do like coming out of pentecost i was like you know disciples did two things and I know this is in the book of Mark, but Mark's setting all this up. <laughs> like Mark is yeah, setting cool. these, these guys up. They were in the wilderness being prepared, but then they were also sitting all together, listening, waiting for the movement of the spirit. And then they relied on that spirit, and, but they went out. You know, they didn't sit in that room. They didn't have the spirit come upon them and then be like, wow, this is great. We should share this with each other. No, they were like, we're going out into the streets. You know, it wasn't right. a passive experience. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, it's activation. It's being yeah. in the streets. It's the act of the apostles, not that's the that. naps of the... hashtag that is good well it comes back to to the power stories in mark where jesus is healing people jesus is in the streets healing people we want to be like jesus we want to act like jesus we'll go in the streets heal people and jesus has right. forgiveness in for sin which only god can do this is this incredible crazy thing that people didn't expect and people thought that jesus yeah. was wrong for doing it People argued with Jesus for doing it. People said, you shouldn't be doing it that way, Jesus. People said, that's the wrong thing to do, Jesus. And Jesus says, I don't care. I'm forgiving them, even though they don't know me. And they didn't earn this. Oh, yeah. But that's what's happening. Yeah. No no one earns. Other than maybe the Gentile woman, which we, we, kind of, we didn't talk about. But, like, the only person who, like, gets really high praise is the woman that you wouldn't expect. Everybody else is really kind of just, uh. like... Jesus is giving them grace like, again and again and again. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Well, <laughs> that 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 brings us that brings us full circle to the middle of Mark eight, and uh, we'll 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 pick up there next time where Jesus asks this question. It's kind of the setup, you know. You're talking about the setup for for Pentecost, and the whole first act of Mark is kind of the setup. For the second act, where we're learning all these things, who is Jesus? And we're learning Jesus is Messiah. And so the second act is kind of like, right. well, what does that mean? You know? And it starts, we'll start with the question next time where mm. Jesus is asking Peter, who do you say that I yeah. am? So we'll, we'll go from there. Well, thanks. Um, thanks for bending our heads around all this with me. Today. Did you say you have multiple heads? <laughs> bending I, I, our collective <laughs> listening heads for for others that are we need to do a video yeah. conference next time uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I look forward to talking to you next week yeah yeah, yeah take care. well thanks a lot when looking at a work of apocalypse together there is a sense that we are seeking for something to be revealed to us. God is constantly revealing things to us throughout our lives. And so at this moment, our prayer here at the end of our time together has a sense of the verse from Jeremiah 33.3, which says for us to call on God and that God will answer us. And that God will tell us marvelous and wonderful things that we could never figure out on our own. So as we go to God in prayer on this day, we have that sense within us. Let's pray. God, there are amazing and marvelous things that we cannot conceive of, that we cannot imagine that you have the power to reveal to us. As we look at the book of Mark together, as we have a sense of where our lives are right now, continue to walk with us, continue to show us and reveal to us the things that only you can reveal in our lives. Remind us each and every day of how deeply and desperately you love us. 
so that we can love others as we go. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Friends, what a joy it is to spend time with you. Uh, If you would please subscribe or rate us and review us, it'll help other people find this podcast. If you have questions about who we are or want to know more about our church family, please visit us online at threechoppedchurch.org. A huge thank you to all the folks at the church who have made this podcast possible. And until next time, may you be blessed and be a blessing wherever you may be.